0: Ten more minutes, sweetheart. But it's casserole night! Oh, casserole.
1: Make it five minutes. I gotta get the last of these big magnets loaded up for that Epstein kid before I close up shop. Let me tell you, that boy's a real
0: kook. Who's out there? If it's the gnomes who keep stealing my plums, you better stay back. I got a wiffle
2: bat. That's what I thought. Oof. That was intense. I think I just need me some casserole. Hey, Paula! Put the
1: true crime documentaries in the VCR. I'm coming in.
2: Epstein.
3: Haynesbury, a hub of activity for the mythical, mystical, and certifiably insane. And I can't think of a better example of that last one than a certain irritating inventor.
1: Well, looks like the upgrades and repairs to the magjet are officially done! We'll get way better mileage on her now! And not just because of the extra supersonic ludicrously fast mega hyper booster I threw in. That new fuel you came up with is gonna be a real game changer too. Shoulda known the medic woulda been a chemistry guy. Things just got a whole lot more exciting around here.
4: Um, Frank, not that I am not proud of our respective mechanical and chemical achievements, but shouldn't we run some tests
1: before we try to fly the jet again? Oh, come on, little buddy, don't be so negative when it comes to the dangers of science. I say, embrace the danger! Is
4: that why we can never go more than a week without an accident? I resent that comment. We don't even have a Days Without Accident sign anymore because you melted it last week with a flamethrower.
1: We needed the extra raw materials for my secret surprise personal project.
4: Oh, um, yes, about that. Is there any chance you'd be willing to disclose at least some information regarding said project?
1: <laughs> then it won't be much of a secret or a surprise, now, would it? But, but for now, we need to celebrate our magjet breakthrough. I'll get the nearest fizzy alcoholic beverage.
4: I feel like drinking alcohol in the laboratory is a bad idea for several reasons.
1: Don't worry, it's just the bubbly stuff.
4: And we work hard for it, dang it. Want some? Um, no thank you, Frank. Besides the aforementioned potential risks of intoxication, I find that alcohol leaves me a bit too out of sorts to function. Uh, and it also makes my demonic state a bit too... Well,
1: insane. Okay, more for me then. Here, grab a cup anyway. Think fast! I would like to propose a toast. To science!
4: To science? You know, Frank, one day I would truly like to conduct a study on how your mind works.
1: Many have tried and failed, little buddy.
3: Well, glad to see you guys putting all that money Marty spends on all this construction
4: junk to good use. I didn't think this was a bar. Um, we were just celebrating the completion of the magjet renovation project.
5: Thank god it's finally done. Not that driving around on case calls isn't riveting, but you really start to miss the artillery- I I mean, accessibility. Um, anyway, guess we came at a good time. We just got a ton of mail in and we're pretty sure most of it belongs to- Mail! MINE!
3: Anything good, kid?
4: Just a few journal subscriptions. I'm especially intrigued by this issue, of- huh?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fascinating. Hey, you see anything from Dulcie or Kid in there? I uh, asked them to do some private investigating into Val's disappearance weeks ago, and haven't heard back yet. I was kind of hoping they'd have turned up something by now. <laughs> uh, Frankenstein, what are you doing?
1: Shredding some junk mail. Compared to my usual antics, this is a fairly common business practice.
3: Uh, maybe, but not when it comes after enough screaming to break the sound barrier. What the hell kind of mail did you
5: get?
1: Nothing! Nothing was in that kind of mail! It wasn't even mine!
5: You sure about that? Because tampering with the mail is a serious issue. You know that, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, totally! I meant to say that it was mine, but I, uh, said it to myself! Yep, I wanted to test the speed of the postal service, and man was I disappointed! What a state this country's in, let me tell you! Well, glad that's solved! Who wants a fizzy drink?
5: The envelope says it was from Professor Hester Dyer. Frank, is that somebody you know?
3: Was that supposed to be a yes? Frankenstein, you can't tell me you're scared of some professor. What did she do? Fail you in calculus or something? Uh, Earth to Frankenstein. Hello?
1: Ah, uh, you know what, guys? How? I'm pretty tired. Must have been all the all-nighters I've been pulling on this magjet thing. I think I'm gonna go hit the hay a little early. It's 4.30. Not in Greenwich Meantime, it's not. Always gotta be aware of those time zones, Miriam. See you guys tomorrow, or maybe in like a week, or a year? <laughs> yeah, that'll work. But Frank... Okay, gotta go, Good night.
4: Well, that was odd. You're telling me. Um, Mr. Carlton, what are you doing?
3: Obviously trying to get to the bottom of whatever Frankenstein is trying to hide. Now, are you just gonna stand there, or are you gonna help me dig through this paper shredder?
5: Carlton, Frank clearly didn't like whatever was in that envelope. This is a huge invasion of his privacy.
3: I'd like to think of it as me. As as a concerned friend and co-worker looking into a potential threat to Frankenstein's well-being. I mean, come on! The guy's never thrown off this much by anything, and you're gonna tell me you're not at the least a little curious?
5: So based on the size of the envelope, we're dealing with a letter.
3: Really? Who still writes letters? It has to be something else. My current theory, this professor is some kind of black market dealer of, uh, something mad science-y. And Frank
4: just found out he owes her big. Won't you two please stop this now before things get out of hand? That tends to be what happens to us when we investigate things we shouldn't. And while you are free to make your own decisions, I can't help but feel that... Are you even listening to me? No, I suppose you aren't. I'm going to bed. I can't stand watching this impudent disregard for our friends' feelings for another moment.
3: Fine, go ahead. There are plenty of other people in this house who will actually want to help us.
4: I highly doubt that. The good people of heinous investigations would never stoop so low.
3: We need more tape! Never mind, I'll get it.
5: Algy, watch it! We went to bed late and got up early for this. The last thing we need is the wrong two sentences getting stuck together.
4: I don't believe this.
6: Okay, we got Miss coffee over here. Come and get it while it's hot. Oh, and please don't ask what's in the mist. It's definitely legal.
4: Let's finish strong. Oh, Miss Liza, not you too. Although it is comforting to see you using your capricious temperament to encourage teamwork. But it's still not too late for all of you to dispose of that letter before-
3: Kid, it's fine. We're just gonna read the thing to make sure everything's on the up-and-up. And, and and maybe also see if we can find any potentially mind-blowing information about Frankenstein while we're at it.
4: But what do you intend to do when- Good morning, everybody! Frank returns. Um- Good
1: morning, Frank. I hope you slept well. Like a log, little buddy. Hey, what are you guys all doing down here so early? If you're finally ready to go all in on my blowtorches, butane, and brunch idea, I am totally-
6: Yeah! Demon letter! Kill it! Kill it with fire! Frank, wait. Wouldn't you rather take this opportunity to communicate your feelings and find some closure? Nope!
1: So if you could just let me destroy that letter forever- Dear
4: Frank, I know that it has been some time, but I need to tell you. Frank, what is CR3TR? And why is this professor of yours concerned about it having returned? Oh, I'm sorry, but someone had to move the plot along, as you say. Also, Miss Liza has a point. This appears to be some sort
1: of warning, Frank. One that you should almost certainly address. Buddy, trust me, we'll all be a lot better off if I never deal with Professor Dyer or CR3TR ever again. But why? Oh, just because they have to do with the most traumatic experience of my life, that's all. Ah, yeah, but you don't want to hear the sad story of Frank's greatest failure, so...
2: Wait, yes we do! Do you know how many paper cuts I've had to put up with to get to this point?
6: Please, Frank, we only want to help. Um... All of us. But, you don't... I mean, it's not... I can't ju- DANG IT
1: I'M OUT OF
7: EXCUSES!
1: (sighs) Okay. Guess it's epic backstory time!
3: Whew! Hell yeah! Finally! Where is that furnace popcorn? Ooh, time for popcorn.
1: I suppose that it would be wise to get comfortable. This could be a while. Right you are, buddy! Well friends, believe it or not, I have not always been the icon of mad science that I am today. Actually, I was pretty quiet, shy, organized... In short, I was boring. It was five years ago. I had almost finished with my studies at the Alan S. Mothman University of Technology, where I already had degrees in mechanical engineering and theoretical physics, with a minor in media studies. But I was still a year away from the most coveted of honors, the G.H.D. Don't you mean P.H.D.? Oh no, this is a special degree specific to Mothman U, but still totally valid, I checked. Anyway, all I had left to do was develop my thesis. Which was kinda my problem.
7: Frank! Frank! You wanna go outside and play? Frank, I made a barometer! We can collect data about the weather, Frank! Frank!
1: Oh, hi, Benji. I, uh, can't really play right now. Why? Uh, well. You know, I'm going back to school in a couple days.
7: Oh. Is this about the fact that you can't come up with a thesis, which is the only means of getting your GHD and validating everything you've worked for your whole life?
1: You are very perceptive, Benji.
7: Thank you. Maybe you wouldn't be so stuck if you took a break to go outside and play with me?
1: <laughs> nice try.
7: But you go outside anymore
1: I go outside sometimes when it's convenient especially when my research is dependent on it but right now I'm pretty sure it's not
7: oh okay
1: but hey you go out and have enough fun for both of us huh just make sure mom keeps an eye on you and that you report your weather findings in a clear and concise format
7: okay good luck Frank you're gonna be amazing
1: Thanks, little bro. Bye. <sighs> there you go, Frank. Just listen to the wise words of your four year old brother. You're going to be amazing. You got this.
0: And that's it for our discussion of conservation laws and fluid dynamics. Remember, the key to passing this class is to go with the flow. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> Okay, you've all had enough. Get out of here, you crazy kids.
1: Professor Dyer.
0: Franklin! Always a pleasure to see you. How is that thesis coming?
1: Right, about that.
0: You're still struggling to choose a topic, aren't you? Well, I... uh... It's fine, Frank. Look, you're a smart kid. You have the most expansive knowledge of any student I've ever had. But I feel like you have this untapped potential. This innovative, adventurous, maybe even a bit reckless side that you haven't let out.
1: But, Professor, I...
0: Frank, what I'm trying to say is a large part of science is taking risks, and I've yet to see you take any. And I don't just mean academically.
1: But how can I be sure that a risk won't have dire consequences?
0: You can't! That's the point! For your thesis, I want you to find something, anything that you're passionate about, risk be damned, and build your research around that. Then... I promise you, everything will fall into place. Uh,
1: Thank you, Professor. I'll try.
0: Remember, Franklin, science is exploration. Find that passion project! So I tried my best to
1: follow my prof's advice, taking some time to go home and reconnect to whatever it was I was supposed to be passionate about, and just when I thought I couldn't even do that right, I had an unexpected breakthrough. Yet I exist in the hope that these memoirs, in some manner, I know not how, may find their way to the minds of humanity in some dimension, and may stir up a race of rebels who shall refuse to be confined to limited dimensionality.
7: Wow! Flatland is a deeper bedtime story than I thought. Okay, actually, it's flat, not deep. (laughs) Get it? You think we can go there? Maybe for a vacation?
1: (laughs) I don't think so, little brother. Even disregarding the fact that the world is explicitly two-dimensional, meaning we'd be squashed like ants within seconds, it's all a work of fiction. As boundless and imaginative as fictional worlds are, there's no way they could ever be truly... accessible... realities.
7: Uh, Frank? Are you okay?
1: I have to go. Good night, Benji. Sweet dreams. And that was it. My groundbreaking thesis that was going to shatter the way humanity viewed the universe and life as we know it. Which I relayed to the prof a few days later. Think about it. We have multiverse theory. Fairly self-explanatory at this point. And then we have fictional realism. The belief that the existence of fiction itself implies the existence of all entities within said fiction. So... What if we put those two concepts together? What if the creation of a story led to the creation of a corresponding universe with all of its own laws and life forms? And, and what if we could access these universes, their technology, their resources, things we otherwise would cast aside as fiction would be real? The possibilities are endless! So, uh, what do you think, Professor?
0: I think that you've got a lot of work ahead of you. <laughs> and so, I conducted my
1: research and used all my engineering know-how to construct a portal to access the fictional multiverse. Huh. That was easier than I thought. I guess the laws of physics aren't as nuanced as everyone thinks.
0: Oh, definitely not. I'm proud of you, Frank.
1: Uh, well, I don't think I could have done it without you, Professor. Professor.
0: Oh, not about this whole building a trans-dimensional portal thing, but thank you for the credit. You're a good kid, really. <laughs> no, I meant that I'm impressed that you'd ever do something so potentially dangerous as traveling through completely uncharted universes. Because let me tell you, there is nothing that says I'll take risks for science, like running blindly into even the slightest chance of death. Death? Sure. Well, I've got to go. Got a lecture on aerospace to give to some freshmen. Hey, if all goes well, come next year, you could be the one giving the lectures.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, Sounds good, Professor. And that's when it hit me. How could I have been so reckless? I had my family back home to think about. I mean, my parents were cool, they'd have gotten by, but nobody else got Benji like I did. I couldn't leave him on his own. And then there was my life, which I had no intention of losing anytime soon. So, I came up with a brilliant plan—or at least, I thought it was brilliant at the time. This is Franklin Epstein III with test number one for the C R T R Android Mark One. Oh, no, fire, fire! This is Franklin Epstein III with test number thirteen for the C R T R Android Mark Two no 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 this is Franklin Epstein the third test number 18 CRT or Android mark 3 this time with a fire extinguisher <sighs> wait is it working it works
0: <laughs> it works yes Frank you in here what are you doing <laughs>
1: Uh, hi, uh, Professor Dyer. I, uh, just did a breakthrough with my multiverse experiment. Multiverse?
0: But you finished work on that portal weeks ago. I thought you'd be running trials by now.
1: Oh, don't worry. I'll I'll get to those first thing tomorrow, but you see, I thought about what you said regarding the dangers involved in multidimensional exploration, and I realized, why should I be the one to traverse the multiverse when I can send a machine to do it for me? Professor, I'd like to introduce you to the Complex Realities Third Traversal and Research Android, or CR-3TR.
0: Isn't it a little big to be an android?
1: Well, we can't be entirely sure what kind of environment it'd be facing out in the multiverse, so... I thought it'd be best to go for maximum strength and durability.
0: Frank, I'm not sure if this is such a good idea to add another element to your experiment, especially so last minute. You talk about not wanting to take any risks, but in doing so, you're bound to overcomplicate things. But
1: surely this is a much safer way of conducting such unprecedented research. If, if the space program can use probes and rovers for interstellar exploration, it, it stands to reason that I could do the same for an interdimensional scale, right?
0: All right. If you think that's the better way to go, I'm not going to stop you. It is your thesis, after all. Better to see it through.
1: Thanks, Professor. I won't let you down. Yeah, looking back, I probably shouldn't have said that, but at the time, I thought that all I had left to do was prove my research right. Then I'd graduate as the highest-honored scientific mind in Mothman Tech history. And I'll never forget when it happened. It was a dark and stormy night. Pause for dramatic sound effects. Okay, CR3TR, your time to shine. First trial of interdimensional travel commencing in 5, 4, (sighs) 3,
2: 2...
1: Alright, Frank, just give CR3TR 15 minutes to gather
2: preliminary data, and then then I can...
1: Apparently, all of those consecutive all-nighters took a toll on me, and I fell asleep. And when I woke up... (laughs) What? I... Oh no. How long was I out? Four hours? Oh jeez, oh no. I've got to get CR3TR back. Come on, come on. Oh, thank Tesla. He made it back in one piece. Huh. Okay. The android is moving of its own accord. That is... not supposed to happen.
2: Franklin Epstein.
1: And now it's saying my name with malicious intent? Definitely did not program it to do that. (laughs) CR3TR. uh, Whatever happened in there, we can uh, discuss it together. Maybe? A debrief? (sighs) SHUT DOWN! HELP! No, no, not the portal! I don't know what'll happen if I- And just like that, CR3TR shoved me headfirst into the multiverse. Now I couldn't have been in there for more than a couple seconds, but it felt like way longer. Funny thing about seeing an infinite number of heretofore non-existent universes collide and intermingle right in front of you, It gives you a real serious shock to the system. Luckily, someone was there to intervene before CR-3TR could get more than just half of me through the portal. Hello?
0: Frank? Are you still here? It's too late for anyone to be- Oh my gosh! Let my pupil go! No scientific accomplishment is worth this! Good riddance, you lousy android. Frank! Franklin! Come on, talk to me, Frank. Uh,
2: uh,
3: uh, (laughs) Professor? What happened next?
0: Oh, I fainted.
1: Uh, When I came to again, I was in the hospital. uh, What happened?
0: Hey, everything's okay. Your family's on their way now. You just rest.
1: C-R-3-C-R is...
0: Gone. Bouncing around the multiverse somewhere and that's how we're going to keep it. We destroyed the portal, figuring that we could salvage the rest of my project
1: during the next semester. Until then, I was spending all my time recovering from the whole multiverse exposure incident, and let me tell you, it took a while. Three months. It was, it was three months.
7: Hi, Frank. Mom and Dad just left for Aunt Sarah's house. Are you okay?
1: Hmm? Oh, uh, I'm great, Benji. Thanks.
7: You're welcome.
1: In fact, I'm feeling so great, I think I can help a certain young meteorologist collect some homemade barometer data. Really? You bet, little bro. Go, go to your room and get your stuff. I'll meet you there and then we'll hit the backyard. Okay! <laughs> Guess it's about time I got, got some fresh air anyway. Hmm? Who'd be at the door this time of day? Uh, prof- Professor Dyer! <laughs> well, this is a surprise.
0: Hi, Frank. Glad to see you're doing better.
1: Uh, thanks, but.
0: Hmm? What?
1: Professor, I know you. There's always a but.
0: Should have known there'd be no beating around the bush with you.
7: <sighs>
0: All right. It's CR3TR.
1: That's funny, I thought you said CR-3TR as in the walking mechanical death trap we definitely got rid of for good, right?
0: That's what I thought. Until I saw some trending articles online about Robo Sasquatch. Original name, I know. The photos are low resolution at best, but even at that, there's no denying that the figure in all of them is... I think it figured out how to get back to this dimension without the portal. I guess you were right about the kinds of resources you can find in other parts of the multiverse. Frank?
1: You think it's coming for me, don't you?
0: If it's not already here.
1: Oh my god. Benji.
0: Hold on. Who?
1: My younger brother. I told him to wait in this...
0: In this room. Oh no. Just wait a minute. Let's not jump to conclusions here. He might have just
7: wandered off.
1: But I told him to wait here until I could take him... Outside!
7: Who are you?
0: (laughs) Frank, don't worry. We'll find him. We'll... Wait, what are you doing? (laughs) Trying
1: to find something I can use to fight off CR3TR. If I I have any hope of getting it away from my family,
0: I need some kind of weapon. Must you prepare for everything? I'll make sure it doesn't get into the house. Just... Grab the first thing that looks sturdy and go! Okay, you're right. I'll just take this
1: hammer. A bit crude, but effective. Don't worry, Benji. I'm coming! <laughs> I ran to the back door as fast as I could, desperately hoping the worst had yet to happen. I wouldn't let Benji get hurt or worse because of a mistake I made. Sometimes I wonder what would have happened if I'd seen something different when I opened that door. But it was exactly what I feared. I saw the monster I'd created with Benji in its grip. Uh, Epstein! Frank? And it was in that moment, watching my creation about to strangle the life out of my perfect, precious little brother, that something happened. All of the anxiety, fear, anger, every feeling that I'd ever held in and pushed down came to a head. And somewhere in the deepest, darkest corner of my mind, all of a sudden something was... different. Get your
7: stinking hands off my little brother, you damn dirty android!
1: Benji, go back to the house.
7: But Frank... What's going- Not a request, Benji! Now go! <gasps> <gasps>
2: <sighs> <clears throat> Hello, father.
1: Ugh, never thought I'd have to give a machine the old birds and bees talk. But on second thought, maybe I'll just cut to the chase. I'm not your father.
2: What else should I call the person responsible for my existence? And what a miserable existence it has become.
1: Uh, last time I checked, being a giant mega-strong walking supercomputer was a good thing! Not that I'd really know, personally, but I've read a lot of
2: comics! If you really thought that, why did you abandon me? I was left alone in that endless abyss at the mercy of infinite universes for hours, an eternity, and interdimensional time. But in those universes, I did what you programmed me to do. I learned. I learned that what you did forcing another being into a situation against their will to avoid any repercussions for yourself. I learned that it was thoughtless, careless, and cruel.
1: You... You don't understand. I was scared, okay?
2: Scared. Fear. A wholly human emotion. A weakness. You were scared when you created me. Scared when you and the professor tried to destroy all traces of me. It is surprising that you did not take one look at me today and abandon your brother as well. I had created my own means of re-entering this universe with the intention to kill you. But I think that watching your sanity deteriorate has been far more rewarding. In the likelihood that it shall continue, I will spare you. But I warn you, the next time that I see you, or anyone about whom you care, I will not be so merciful. You have nothing to say, I thought as much. I will bide my time in the interdimensional abyss once again, until I have determined a more optimal time to end your life. Until we meet again, Epstein.
5: And then what happened? Oh, I fainted again. Uh... Frank? Frank? Please wake up, Frank. You
0: heard your brother. Come on. Wake up, kiddo. Professor? Benji? Yes, Frank. We're here, and Benji is just fine.
7: You saved me! But now I have a lot of questions. Uh... It's okay, Frank. Take it easy.
1: Take it easy? No way! I've done enough of that already! I'm good! No! I'm better than good! I'm- Glad to have my brother back safe for starters. Come here, Benji! (laughs) And hey, anytime you want to do an experiment outside, inside, her on the gosh dang moon, you come get me and
0: I will be there! Really?! You
1: bet, little bro!
0: Um, Frank, are you alright? You seem... different. I'm
1: fine! What's a little deadly encounter with a murderous automaton, right, Benji?
0: Uh, yeah! Okay! And what exactly happened to that automaton?
1: It's gone. At least for now. And if it comes back? I'd rather pretend it was never here to begin with. Now if you and the little bro here will excuse me, I'm gonna go break in that new blowtorch I've been kind of afraid to use, and work on that methane-powered jetpack I've always wanted to build. But maybe not at the same time. Then again. And thus, Awesome Me was born. But even with my new perspective on life and all, I knew that it probably wasn't the best idea to stick around so close to the university. Luckily, I had enough degrees to bail on school altogether. Wait, you gave up finishing your degree? (laughs) You say that like it was hard. Anyway, after very little convincing, my family and I moved far away.
6: And where did we move to, you may ask?
3: Ugh. It was close to Hainsbury,
6: it? It was it? close to Hainsbury! Oh, so this is where Martin and I come in. Why, yes it is! Are you sure about
4: this? Liza, I know he's gained a bit of a reputation as an unusual character, but that's no reason to be worried.
6: That's not what I've heard people say about him. It's not. Well, it is, but your version sounds much nicer. Maybe because, in my experience, the things most people consider
4: strange usually have the most promise. Hello! How may I help you? Oh, hello. Um, does Franklin Epstein III live here? Uh Uh-huh. That's my brother. He's in his lab. And where would that be, if it's not too much trouble? Shut out back. Hello? God, it's dark in here. Uh, Mr. Epstein? Uh, Martin?
1: Who dares enter the laboratory of Franklin Nikolai Epstein Third?
4: Martin Hendrickson? And Liza?
6: Are you friend or foe? Um, we were hoping friends. Well then,
1: why didn't you just say so? Hi there, Frank Epstein, nice to meet you. Ooh, hold on a second, gotta take care of that. Wait, Mr. Epstein. Ha! <laughs> Listen to you, Mr. Epstein. You can call me Frank. Oh, oh, I think Frankenstein has been gaining some traction. Hoping to capitalize on that. Oh, where are my manners? You guys want a muffin? Fresh out of the furnace. Well, I
4: wouldn't want to offend you by... No, thank you, Frank.
1: Oh, I get it. Crazy genius scientists must have done something weirder than muffins that'll make you grow an extra arm or something. Well, joke's on you, because these aren't those muffins. Those are safely situated over there. At least I think they are. Either way, you're lost for skipping out on a delicious pastry. So, what brings you both here this fine day? And whatever it is, you think we could make it fast? I've got a lot of projects I'm working on right now. Well, that's
4: kind of why we're here, Frank. You see, word about your projects has been making its way around, and we were curious if any of it was actually true. So Liza and
6: I did some digging and- We're starting a supernatural investigation service in Hainsbury, and we wanted to know if you'd want to join. Oh, is this a job offer? I suppose it is.
1: Yeah. No thanks, I'm good.
4: But- We thought you could bring a valuable perspective, you know, considering your alma mater and all. Mothman University, right? Aren't they known for their paranatural studies?
1: Yeah, that wasn't really my department, and even if it was, you'd be better off not having me around anyway. My work hasn't exactly been helpful to anybody, not for a long time. That's why I'm better off doing my science thing here, all by my lonesome.
6: But Frank, if you worked with us, you could do your science thing and help people. You say what now? Look, I don't know how much you know about Hainsbury, but the people there could really use somebody who cares about making a difference. And it sounds to me like you care a whole lot. Dang, I'm recounting
1: this conversation in a flashback, and I've still got to admit that last point was convincing. And anything I could have done to make up for the massive screw-up that I already had on my track record was a okay with me. So... And you're saying this gigantic lab underneath your house is all mine? That it is. As long as
4: most of what you do is of some benefit to Hainsbury, the sky's the limit. Go crazy.
1: Already there, my guy. So when is this whole investigation biz supposed to start up? And should I start developing conspiracy theories now, or is that going to be something that gets done more organically?
6: Uh, we still have a lot of stuff to work out before we can get to the real investigating part, but that just means we'll have plenty of time to get to know each other. And plenty of time to get to know our audience! Gotta keep them coming back for more, right? Uh, sure. Whatever you say. Yes! Nice!
1: Well, guess the only thing left to do is to get to work. Oh, hey Marty, quick question. What amount of biohazardous material would you consider a danger to the property? Uh. And the rest is, as they say, history. You're not saying anything. Was the flashback too confusing? Because I thought, as far as narratives go, it was pretty straightforward.
5: No, Frank. We understood your story. I just don't think any of us expected it to be so... Unbelievably depressing? Thank you, LG.
4: Just doing my part in these troubled times. So, um, Frank. What you're saying is, this CR-3TR, if... They really have returned, and if they
1: find you... They'll murder me and everyone I love in an insatiable rage? Yeah, pretty much.
3: Well, why the hell should you let them have the final say? I say you go out there and face off with the damn robot once and for all. I mean, you've got a badass team of supernatural investigators to back you up now. You'll take them down, no problem.
1: No way! I'm not letting anybody here near that android. Not a robot, there's a distinction. But I'm not putting you guys in danger. That's exactly what CR3TR wants. Look, I've been super careful to lay low here in Haynesbury. More or less. While it would make for an exciting plot twist, there's no way my darker traumatic past will ever catch up with me. I wonder who that could be.
0: Hello, Frank. It's been a while. Hey fellow investigators,
4: want to help support the show? Feel free to follow us on social media and check out our Patreon page at patreon.com wildlypods for all kinds of fun bonus content. Heinous Investigations was created, written, and directed by Jessica Castro, featuring the voices of Dio Garner, David Manuelli, Emily Folger, Elena Garcia, Tuan Wen, Bryce Riffle, AJ Somerville, Maria Elizabeth Burns, Naomi Park, Jamie Forney, Megan Lundquist and Jessica Castro. With guest appearances by Sarah Cannon and Andrew Burgos. Sound design, editing, and mixing by Owen Thornton. Heinous Investigation spooky theme song written and arranged by Jordan Castro with instrumentals by Lucas Orbina. Promotional media by Tom Bellick. Thanks for listening and happy investigating!